This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are excited once again to have you guys here with us. And I'm I'm just excited overall because we're getting snow in Arkansas. <laughs> oh, man. This. We're recording this the weekend of you know, snow, Mageddon. Actually, uh, Valentine's Day, Josh. Yeah, it's on. Don't it's forget actually, that. It's on. Uh-oh. Valentine's, I wasn't going to forget about it. <laughs> okay. Valentine's Day comes once a year. We get snow like once a century down here. Yeah. <laughs> but. But yes, it is also Valentine's Day when we are recording this, so a couple weeks or a couple weeks ahead. So to all of you out there, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for being with us and listening along. And this week, Dad, what are we doing this week? We're doing sour beers. Sour beers. And what are you doing? I'm doing Marinberry Sour from Rogue Ales. Awesome. What are your snacks to go with it? My snacks are hummus with pretzel chips, French goat cheese, blackberries and blood orange with chocolate shavings okay cool and then i'm going to be doing the dogfish head sequench ale which is their session sour uh from dogfish head brewing and my snacks are we've got some duck prosciutto we have some toulouse sausage and we have some spaghetti with homemade meatballs so you finally got some duck yeah finally you know i I've made the deal with myself. If I see the duck, I buy the duck. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, this is duck prosciutto made from our local butcher um, ham. So, All right. really excited to get going in this. So, uh, before we get going, let's talk about the blind from last week. Oh it, yeah, that was a blind last week. Yeah, it was a so, wine. It was a wine week. You yeah. blinded it. I blinded it. It was a white wine, and I called it a. I think I said 2017 Gewürztraminer from Alsace, France. And so, drum roll. What was it, Dad? Drum roll. It was. Gartzaminer. All right. I can't remember the vintage it was. Okay. Uh, but that's really immaterial. You got one right, John. Yay. I would hope so. That's one of my favorite ones. And if I'm remembering why, it was from the Hugh Gale family. Yes, uh, which is, that's right. Um, very good. I think we did. That was my wine. One of the wines we did on the Thanksgiving and podcast. And did you say too. Two, 2016? I think I did. <laughs> hey, I even hit the vintage. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Looky there. You nailed that one. It's like I like that wine or something. <laughs> the Hugel family, right? Yeah. Which I think, I'm pretty sure that's what we did for, um, it was one of the Thanksgiving wines. Yes, it was. Cool. Awesome. Well, we're, I'm excited to get into some sour beers this week. Sour beer is super popular right now out in the, in the United States, at least around here, but it's been around for a while. So we are actually going to start out on the West Coast with the Rogue. So dad, take it away. All right. So it's a Marinberry, and if you don't know what that is, and I didn't either, it's a special USDA-made berry from two different uh, types. And so it's a whole lot like a blackberry, because it's two different types of blackberry that make this Marinberry. Okay. And if you look at the beer, it's got this beautiful purple hue to it. Yeah. You can see through it. It's kind of like, you know, it's got a purpley hue to it, but it's also really red, you know, just on a straight look. If I wasn't thinking, like if I was blinding this, I would be thinking it maybe like a red ale because it still has that rich kind of red purpley color. It's got some great carbonation on it and we've still got a good like white, off-white looking head on it. It looks just And we poured stunning. it about 10, 10 minutes ago or so. Yeah, it looks really stunning in the glass. It's definitely... If if you're at a bar and you see somebody with this, it would definitely catch your eye. 
Or yeah, at least it, it will, will, oh, it will yeah. catch my eye. And the can will catch your eye because the can is purple uh, with the, the rogue name in darker purple than the can. And then you see these berries hanging off of the greenery from the, uh, from the bush onto that can. And so when you see that in, a, in the liquor store, it'll, it'll jump out at you. So next time you see it, grab it. You yeah. might like it. So in, when we're talking about sour beers, there's a lot of different ways that sour beers can be made. One of them is to you know, have natural yeast fermentation or like not be a sterile environment where you're brewing and, and fermenting. Uh, get some of that in there to sour it. Um, but also adding fruit can add some of that natural acidity. Now, sour beers are going to run pretty, well, I mean, they can go from extremely, extremely tart to just kind of tart. That's right. Uh, depending on the style. Because, I mean, even Belgian lambics are considered a, si- a sour style, but they, a lot of them cannot really taste sour. They're really, really fruit forward. Right. This one is definitely one that, is, that they use fruit in it. And, you know, Rogue is, Rogue is really well known for their farming piece. I mean, we've, we haven't really talked about Rogue a whole bunch, but they have hop farms. They partner with local farmers out on the West Coast. So it wouldn't surprise me if they actually worked with a farmer to make this berry. So well, what they my could, research <laughs> so though, Josh, is it. that they have their own Rogue farm mm-hmm. where they have this Marinberry. And the neat thing is it's prickleless, So it means it doesn't have those thorns. Oh, interesting. And uh, when we lived in Kentucky, I'd, I'd love to go over to different places where they had blackberries. And I'd pick those blackberries and I'd put two in, the, in my container and I'd eat one. And then two more <laughs> in the container and eat one. And I'd come home full of berries and full of scratches. Yeah. It was rough. It was right. rough duty. but. You know, I loved it. Marie, Marie's even talked about how when she was living in Seattle, blackberries just grow like weeds. Like they're oh, yeah, weed. they're wild. Yeah, they're wild. And so she was saying one time when she was working, I think at Boeing, there was a blackberry bush that was kind of outside her office. So when the weather was nice in the summer, when blackberries are in season, she would just go outside, sit there, eat her lunch, and have some, have some blackberries here. And, you know, it's, they're, they're out there. They're, really out there on the west coast so it doesn't surprise me that they're doing something with it at rogue right and uh the oregon state university researchers in 1956 started working on the helping rogue with the marinberry sour in what year 1956 wow yeah so it it's apparently been around a long time i've never this is new to me this beer is right I think beers come and go as far as the sours. And beers come and go in your liquor store anyway just because of uh, demand. Right. When I saw this one and saw this can, I thought, oh, boy, this is going to be good. Yeah. And what I used to do every Christmas time, mm-hmm. I'd get a sour beer and Marie and Josh would be around the house and Joanne wouldn't touch it. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what you did and Marie would tolerate it, but... You know, it's definitely not somebody's favorite, I guess. Sours, yeah, at least in our household, sours aren't a huge, huge draw for us. I mean, you and Marie go to the, go to the IPAs. I go to, you know, the stouts. Mom hits a lot of, like, the German, lighter German styles. Right. 
or the, you know, box or some of our local stuff. The first time I really got behind a sour beer was Goza, that a brewery that's no longer open called Blue Canoe did. That's right. They did a salted lime Goza. So it was super sour and it reminded me of a margarita. Oh, okay. And they even would like salt the rim of it. Oh, no. Which was pretty cool. So I saw you take a taste. So what do you taste? Well, I did two things. I took a, I took a smell. You know, as we talked about the pour, when you take that aroma smell, I get that. I get that almost blackberry smell, but also I get maybe some cranberries or yeah. raspberries. So there's a lot going on with this this beer. Yeah. The aroma is just amazing. I it, mean, you can smell the tartness, like the acidity, the underripe, the underripeness of it. But I like that cranberry, like the mm-hmm. underripe, sour cranberry mm-hmm. smell. Now, when I a took a taste... I took a taste, and I, I was kind of nervous, puckering up, getting ready for the pucker. But it's really not that sour. No, it's more acidic. Yeah. I would say it's more acidic than sour. And okay, now we're, now we're really, you know, breaking hairs <laughs> here. So, I mean, so, you know, in our sour palate, we have, we think of things as bitter that can be sour or things that are acidic or sour. I think, you know, when I think of sour beers, a lot of times I get overly acidic, like a, uh, like sour candies, you know, mm-hmm, those really mm-hmm. big, like warhead, super sour mm-hmm. stuff. This is more of like a lemonade kind of sour. Right. Really and good. And it's not near as jammy as some of the big red wines that you drink. Right. But there is some jam kind of going on, just it's sort of in the background. Mm-hmm. So I got the, the goat cheese for that acid check. I have some blackberries to kind of see the sweet, sweet similarity taste. And then I have the hummus. You know, that was one of the things that Marie did when we had the uh, Fremont Brewery beer that she was presenting. And so I thought about that. And then I did a little bit of blood orange just to kind of get that kind of taste. It's blood orange season. It's Valentine's. You know, the blood orange kind of goes with all that. And the way I, I did the blood orange is you put a little bit of water, a little bit of sugar. You get that water boiling, get the sugar going, let it, let it dissolve good. And then there's two ways to do it. You can either cook that down with the blood orange juice, or you can go ahead and just put this is what I did. You can go ahead and put your slices of blood orange in there and then cool it down. Now, I don't think it matters which one we start with, Josh. But if you want to start at the beginning, the way I would think about it mm-hmm. is let's go with the blackberries first. Yeah. Because that'd be the, the most common taste to compare this beer with. And then we, we can go the hummus, just kind of get that. Yeah. But then I, then I think, last would be the blood orange so the cheese would be in there to get that acid check right and actually the, while you were kind of explaining your plate i was i did exactly that i got into the blackberries and it's really neat you know interesting you know because these are obviously you know south american blackberries because it is the middle of winter here and they're sweet but they're not overly sweet and they go with the beer 
really well because of that that similar characteristic but this has more like the beer sorry i'm touching my beer glass when i say that the beer glass to me has more of a just has more of that acidic bite to it kind of like like you dropped a blackberry with some in a cranberry in some cranberry juice oh okay well the blackberry seems much sweeter to me than the beer oh yeah which it should be because it's a sour right right so we got the sour going on we got the blackberry that's really sweet and so they're a little bit of a contrast, but a little bit of the same. Right. So they really go, they really pair where I thought. That flavor of the blackberry, you know, you can, I think eating a blackberry can help you find that flavor in the Marionberry sour. It's a really, it's a really good, it's really good and interesting because you, you have something that's the same yet different. Right. And so you can find the similarities in that, in that beer. Now, when you guys did your big Tesla trip, did you guys go to Rogue? We did, did not go. We did not go to the. Well, there's there's a somewhat downtown location, and they have some vats there, and they sell all the different Rogue beers. And right. So, yes, that we went there. Okay. But we didn't go out. I think this farm is in not in Portland, where the no. we were, but it's out. Right. We didn't, we didn't go out there. Okay. Yeah, but, I just wasn't sure if you guys. I wasn't sure if you, I thought you had stopped at like a tap room kind of thing. Or that's what the yeah. Um, yeah. So what was that like? Do you remember? Um, being there. I think I had four different tastes. Uh huh. But looking at the website here, it's so many beers. Amazing how many beers, and they actually have cocktails, canned cocktails. Mm-hmm. They have. They just, a list of CBD drinks. Uh-huh. So on the on the canned cocktails, they have looks like b- grapefruit, cucumber, lime, lemonade, yeah. iced tea, cranberry, elderflower. I mean, if you yeah. like it, they got it. It seems like, and here's a ginger one. Right, it's and I'm not a, I'm not sure m- how long ago they started it, but I know in Arkansas about ten. Let's see here. I've been out of college for almost 11 years so maybe about eight years ago we got rogues whiskey so okay. they, they make that a whiskey was, yep. called dead guy whiskey so it's the same mash bill as their dead guy ale right which they but they use once they kind of cook it they take the wort rather than turning it into a beer they actually distill it and make a dead guy dead guy whiskey out of it and so I can kind of see where they're coming with some of those cocktails, but you know, Dead Guy Ale has you know been around for a long time, and it's one, one of my the, favorites. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the beers that you know put Rogue on the map, and I always forget to go back because it's so good, it's so standard, but it's been around for so long. For me, it's one of those ones that get kind of gets lost. They do so many beers. They they partner. There's a donut shop in Portland called Voodoo Donuts. Oh yeah, okay. And Rogue did a partnership with them. I don't know if they still do it. But they would take like the donut flavors and make it into a beer, mm. and they they always came in bomber bottles and they were bright pink. And mm. one of them was like maple, maple bacon. Oh, okay. Like maple bacon beer. I mean, they've done other ones, but Voodoo Donut Shop is a big one that's there in Portland. And I just remember like going to the liquor store one day, and then there's these like big pink, bright pink oh, yeah? bomber <laughs> bottles, and you're like, what is that? Yeah. Rogue's always kind of been known for a little bit flashier, you know, 
they don't, they're not understated when it comes to their their what labeling. Do, yeah. Or even like you say, yeah, or even like the beers they do, they do just some phenomenal beers. Well, and this is really good. Back to the whiskey. Like you mentioned Dead Guy. They also have one called Rolling Thunder Stouted Whiskey. Oh, what's that? I assume it probably comes from maybe a, a stout that they have created. Hmm. He finished in Rolling Thunder Imperial Stout Barrels. Okay, so that must be one of their... I don't right. think we get that here, the Rolling Thunder no. Imperial Stout. Right. It's a three-year-old aged single malt. Man. Yeah. I might have to find some of that somewhere. Yeah, I know up in the Pacific Northwest, there's a lot of people doing single malt whiskeys. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, a single malt American whiskeys. Oh, that's good. That goat cheese. Have you done the goat cheese yet? No, I haven't. I, I did the hummus, and the hummus was kind of... I intentionally bought the hummus that was not heavily flavored with yeah. garlic or anything else. Just a classic. So, so it's just the classic. It goes... It goes very smoothly with the beer. So I want you to try the goat cheese before I say something about it because I don't want to don't want to interrupt your your thoughts about it. But you know, Portland is one of those places when it comes to beer, a beer or liquor and alcohol and food culture that's just it, it pushes a lot of the boundaries here in the United States. You know, the whole keep Portland weird thing. Mm. You know, before keep Austin weird. But it's a cool little place if you ever get out there. They, they're, they're doing so much out there. I mean, especially if you're a hophead. If you like IPAs, there's a, there's a brewery out there called Hop Alley that mm-hmm. Marie and I stopped at uh, when we were doing our trip up there that was just like IPA after IPA. I mean, every, everything was hopped. Even their stout was hopped. It was cool to experience, but it was, it was not my cup of tea. But it was really cool to go to and see what they were doing. So what do you think of that pairing? That goat cheese and, and the beer is really good, I thought. Seems like that, the acid of that goat cheese smooths out that sourness of the beer. Yeah. And really, this beer is not that sour. So I think the listeners need to realize that we're calling it sour because that's what it is. But it's not one of those that just puckers you up and you can't take a breath. Right. I mean, this is about There's as sour. a lot sour. of beers that do that. Yeah, this is about as sour or... Less than a, a, a homemade lemonade, yeah, would be or a limeade kind of thing. So when I did the the goat cheese, you remember the goat cheese that we can buy that's covered in blueberries? Oh yeah, that's what it tasted like to me. Oh okay, because you have that the sweet purple fruit flavor going on, right? And then you have that acid of the goat cheese and that extra sourness. So on the can, Dad. You know, it says that it's 6.5% alcohol. Right. It says that it's 5 IBUs. And then it has another fact on there, and it's 5 SRM. In your research, did you see what that SRM I didn't means? do the research, but what 5 SRM refers to is the, 51. the color profile. So, you know, like a oh, stout. Would, a okay. stout, I don't know really what the stout numbers would be, but they would be. 20 maybe okay okay and so five is like we just said Uh, earlier i can see through it oh it's 50 it's 51 srm it's five ibus oh five ibus okay yeah yeah, okay then a stout would be up there toward 100 okay so it it has to do with the color yes okay so you know how we always (laughs) we have the bitter debate (laughs) (laughs) 
I think this is another one that, you know, kind of talks about that perceived bitterness versus real bitterness. Mm-hmm. Because sour, like I said, sour and bitter can go, can go hand in hand. Right. But when we go through the international bitter, you said unit, five. It's five IBUs. Okay, that, that's, so that's nothing. <laughs> so that's nothing. So this obviously probably doesn't have very many hops in it, if any at all. I'm sure there's some. Just, just how they brew it. Have you ever seen this beer star before? That's mm. on the can. Mm-mm. So on the can, oh. they have like you've talked about with the whiskey star. Oh yeah, they have a beer star. And it's got fruit. What does it say? Fruit. Fruit the most. What are the points? The points of the star. Well, there's five points. Okay. Sweet, tart, malt, funk, and fruit. Okay. And I'm guessing and this so goes... so it is fruit to the most. Uh-huh. To the max. And then malt, uh, about three out of five. And then tart, like three out of five. Sweet, like one out of five. Right. And funk shows nothing. Right. So I thought it was interesting that they had that, like a, a tasting star, and I wasn't sure if you had ever seen it, that before. I probably uh, have. When it comes to it's beer. just not something you see very often. And the star that I used with the whiskey, you, you could use that for beer or wine or anything. Right. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't relate as well to a beer or to a wine. Right. As it does for the whiskey. Well, and I think, you know, creating, like, they kind of created their own for this. Because I don't know if you could do this with most of their other beers. Like a standard beer, because it doesn't have a whole lot. Of, it doesn't have a place for hop. Right. So on, uh, let's see, what my side here? Uh, beer Geek. I think I've seen, I've talked about that before. This one's rated 88. Mm-hmm. So that's not a bad rating. And I would say it would be... It just depends on who's rating, you know? Right. Some hophead's going to rate it low because mm-hmm. it doesn't have enough hops in it. Right. You know, somebody that loves the, uh, Imperial Stouts, he's going to rate it somewhat low. But uh, 88's a, it's a good rating, you know? Yeah, you know, it's... It's it, an average of 3.85 out of 5. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talked about in the Belgian podcast, you talked about um, the brewery that you went to there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it called? Cannellinen. Oh, yeah, Cannellinen. And you talked about how they had open top fermenters right. and those type of things. Well, they could be making a sour style because that's one of the, the tendencies of how to brew a style, a sour style, is having some of those open top intentionally wild yeasts that come in. That's right. And those big footers, you know, like. Um, so you're not controlling the yeast like you would with a Pilsner. You don't want those real soury kind of. There's all kinds of yeast strains, right? So you want you want to control that yeast strain, but in a sour, you know, they're going to control this sour so that it's the same time after time after time after time. Yeah. But once they got it down, I guess with the the area yeast strain, it'd be the same every time, right? And I mean, you know, your yeast is, you're going to find some of the same yeast that go on. That's why there's actually, you know, a lot of microbiology. There's a lot of people who study microbiology in modern day breweries because they, because they are starting to play with these yeast strains and, and sour beers itself because, you know, sour beer stuff has to be done in completely different areas. 
or completely different containers than your regular beer. Because if you don't, if any of that yeast is left over, it's going to sour a regular beer, which you don't want. That's right. And looking at all the different beers they, they make, it's just amazing how many they do make. They have one called Coats to Rogue. <laughs> and it's a Kirsch beer. Kirsch beer? Kirsch, yeah. Cherry beer. Yeah. So, and then this, they have a Coats de Rogue Sour Blonde. And I didn't see that anywhere around in Arkansas. I doubt it's in here. <laughs> yeah. And of course they have a Christmas Santa Private Reserve. Yeah, that's actually really good. Their Santa, their Santa line. Have you tried the uh, Blood Orange? I just did. And what happened? The beer got really sour. Hmm? Like, it made me do a little shiver shake. Oh, really? Sour. Which I was kind of surprised at. Hmm. Well, it's not any sweeter than the blackberry. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Hmm. Maybe that one just wasn't as... Maybe the one I got was a little bit, had a little bit more of the sugar caramel yeah. in it. I got the same thing. But I think it's because that is coming out so much sweeter, and that sugar is kind of making the beer yeah. uh, more tart. Okay. Well. So what else What else do you want to tell us about your beer? I really like it. Mm-hmm. It's not a stout. It's not an IPA, but it's, it's a pretty easy-drinking beer. You've got some heavy meat snacks, and I, I told you earlier, uh, in the week, I, I think I better try this beer before I work <laughs> on my snacks. Well, I never did, but these snacks seem to work okay. And I think you could, you know, it's standing up to most anything. Yeah. You know, Rogue's one of those breweries that uh, they've been around a while, and they know what they're doing. All their beer is going to be quality. And I like, you know, six and a half ABVs, you know, a good, good number. Mm-hmm. I really like to drink sours when it's hot, when it's hot outside, because it's, it's refreshing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to me. But this one's not, like we still, we've talked about, it's not super tart, it's not super sour, so it, it's not going to, you know, it can definitely sit on a day like today. Right. Well, you want to move over to yours? All right, let's go ahead and switch over to the, uh, the Dogfish Head beer. Once again, the beer that I'm doing is the Dogfish Head Sea Quench Sour Session Ale. Now we're East Coast. Yes. So Dogfish Head is a company that's in... Connecticut? No, Delaware. Okay. Delaware. I couldn't remember. I was like, (laughs) I know it's somewhere over there in one of those litty bitty states. Yeah, but they're up in Delaware. They do a lot of really good stuff. Um, This beer is based on lime and salt. Okay. So it's going to be a little bit different than the one, Definitely. That the one that we've had before. I, they are also ones that do distiller. They distill as well. Okay. So I they didn't know that. Mm-hmm. They do uh, some spirits. They have um, a honey rum, a gin, yeah. a, they call it archeo- a sonic archaeology. I don't know. They have, a vo- they have a couple of different vodkas, whiskey. I mean, so they do it. They kind of do it all. Um, they are also known for IPAs. Yeah, the 60-minute, the 90-minute, the 120-minute. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they are, they're known for doing that kind of stuff. But this sequence I actually found two summers ago, trying to find something light to take to the pool or out to the lake. And mm-hmm. 
we went ahead and got it because, you know, it kind of reminded you of a margarita when you're just kind of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And it is dynamite. So, once again, the snacks that I've got with it, we've got some duck prosciutto. We have some Toulouse sausage, uh, which is kind of like a garlicky uh, brat, brat style mm-hmm. sausage from France. And then we have some spaghetti and homemade meatballs. All right. So if we're going to taste through, we're going to start with the duck, go to the sausage, and then hit the... Uh, now, this beer is... The meatballs. Hazy. It's more of a uh, gold yellow color. You can't really see through it. I've still got a little bit of head on the glass, kind of floating there. It's uh, It's got a good... It has some really sour smell to it. Oh, yeah. This is... Like, if you get your nose into it, you're going to know it's a sour. Right. Like, you just have that limey, limey, tart, delicious kind of smell to it. So this beer, like I said, is based off, like, it mostly deals with lime and salt. Um, but they also have what's called black lime in it. Uh, so black lime is a controlled, like, a controlled decay, kind of like black garlic. Has oh. that rich, depth, earthy funk this to it that's the same with this black lime and where they kind of started is they wanted to kind of mix up between a kolsch so like a mm-hmm. you know kind of a weeder style beer and a salt goza and then bring in some of that like berliner vice which is another sour type yeah so they kind of made up this one and they have this like citrus tart delicious margarita feeling kind of beer yeah. So, um, what are you smelling on it? What well, do you like, smell it? Sort of talked about that smell. It's just, I don't get a lot of fruit at all. I I can smell some of the the lime. Mm-hmm. Now yeah, the like, taste, the taste is what's amazing. Like a lime peel. Yeah. I get some of that like salty air, beachside mm-hmm. kind of feel. Maybe this. Let me put my ear up to it and see if we can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But what's amazing is the taste. I get that salty limestone yeah. kind of taste. And then, man, on that finish, it just suddenly, it just suddenly gives you some peppery notes, mm. earthy notes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of, you get that kind of bready, earthy, you know, peppery kind of feeling to it. And it's just, and then it makes you, it makes you pucker. Yeah, this one makes you pucker. Now, what's the ABV on it? About the same. Uh, the ABV on this is four point nine. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's uh, four point nine on the ABV. Uh, they don't list a an IBU on it. Oh, there it is. They, they do an. It's a ten. It's an IBU of ten. Okay. And they don't have the the coloring unit like on the on the Rogue, but you know, it's just it. It's tart. It'd be, it'd be similar color. I mean, it. I don't. Know. Well, it, what what that coloring does is saying how much can I see through it. So this is going to be can't see through it mm. like we could the, the the rogue. So it's probably a higher number. Yeah, seventy. I don't know. I never really learned all that as a home brewer, right? Because it didn't necessarily matter that much. Yeah. And so, to me, this this one is definitely more of that Goza, Goza style, which is, you know, 
it's you know typically it's a originally a german style mm-hmm. and it's known for having like coriander or salt kind of flavor to it like a sea salt and i think that's why it goes really well with lime mm-hmm. like i've seen a bunch of lime gozas out there you know um Brood and Barley does a key lime goza mm-hmm. that I've seen people salt the rim on. Or a watermelon, well, the flyway does a watermelon goza. Yeah. It's just, it's tart, it's delicious. So, um, start with the, I think we should start with the duck on the pairing. So, once again, this duck, well, this is a duck prosciutto. Uh, so, the same style and same process that they did, you take the pork leg through mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, to make it into a prosciutto. Uh, ham does it with some duck breast. I mean, it's sliced super thin. It's got a lot of salt. Yeah, you get that. You get that nice gamey funk to it mm-hmm. as well, which will go. I think goes well with that kind of saltiness and the earthiness of the of this beer. So when I tasted it with the beer, I got more of that earth coming out. Yeah. You get more of that black lime, that bitter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that bitteriness to it. That, that's interesting. Yeah. And, you know, Dogfish Head, kind of like we talked about already, you know, they, they've been known for doing some kind of crazier, crazier style stuff when it comes to the, the IPAs. And they're doing some great stuff out there in, in Delaware. And for a long time, we couldn't get Dogfish Head in Arkansas. Right. I think it just came in a couple of years ago, maybe about five. Maybe about five years ago, they knock it out of the park, especially with this sour. Like it's, like we said, it's got that extra like bitteriness from that black line that just, I think, I think it just, it goes, it goes so, so well with things. Did you notice who the parent company is? I did not. Who? Samuel Adams. Oh, so they <laughs> bought him. Okay. That makes sense. Oh, uh, they bought him. I guess, uh, this founded. 1995. Well, so Sam Adams probably does like what the Budweiser thing does. Mm-hmm. So Budweiser, for those of you that don't know, will purchase or partner with craft breweries and put them under the Budweiser umbrella. But what that does, you know, Budweiser obviously gets a bunch of the profits, but it also opens up the brewery to all the resources that Budweiser has to offer. Right. I think Marie had a I don't know if she still works there or not, but Marie has a friend that works in that division of Budweiser as one of their as one of their brewers, and she one of her jobs is to go around to the breweries that they partner with and say, "What do you need? How can we help you make this better? How can we help you volume up and make sure it doesn't you know doesn't go bad?" So it's yeah. So I bet I bet that's what Sam Adams is doing as well. I would I would. I, I think it would, so. It would shock me if Coors doesn't do it. Right. Or Miller or whatever does it as well. But So what would you think of that? Did you like it? I liked it, yeah. Now, what's the sausage? So the sausage is the Toulouse sausage. This is a French-style sausage. Uh, so it's really like white wine, garlic, pepper, mm-hmm. herbaceousness to it. Mm-hmm. Now, we've, we've had this plenty of times <laughs> before. There's some spice in there. Mm-hmm. But there's some, you know, there's some black pepper and some herbiness mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Which I think would go really well with this. So you never made a goza or any kind of hard mm-hmm. sour type when you were brewing, no, did you? No, no. 
If I had a sour beer, it was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't clean. You didn't clean well enough. Right. I had some some uh, yeast that wasn't supposed to be there, or whatever. Yeah. So you haven't had much experience with sour ales, then, no, have you? other than drinking them. <laughs> well, yeah. This sausage goes really well, Josh. Mm-hmm. It pulls out. It pulls out whatever pepper spices that are in this beer. It seems to pull out more of the salt that's in the beer. Okay. But they smooth each other out. It's really good. Yeah. You know, I think since um, they kind of talk about how this beer is a blending of different styles, I think this sausage takes it more toward the Berliner Weiss. Oh, okay. Which is lightly sour because of that fattiness that's in the, in the sausage. It kind of takes it more to that lighter sour berliner style and you get a lot of that kind of more of the uh the wheaty kind of flavor in it but i mean sours have been around for a long time i wouldn't be surprised if when we thought about beer some of the first ever beers were mm-hmm. sours because of the spontaneous fermentation it'd be interesting to see what some of those older beer styles some of those older beer styles are you can hear i can see you drinking this on the beach oh I could see you drinking this anywhere. Well, yeah. Really. But, you know, 4.9 is easy drinking. It's, you know, you can drink quite a few of them. Yeah. Two I mean, for, almost two for one. 4.9 is <laughs> around, I think, what, Bud Light or Bud Heavy? Well, Bud Heavy's above that. Yeah, I guess. But a lot of those light beers are around that 4 or 5% It'd be range. a good light. It'd be a Bud Killer. Yeah. This one. You know, that's great. Yeah, this could be a great first beer when it's hot outside or a great first beer if you're coming in for doing something. I don't know if it's a lawn mowing beer, though. Oh, yeah. You think so? For me, it would because of that salt, that brightness. Mm-hmm. It's going to be quenching. It's going to make my mouth continue to water, mm-hmm. you know, which is something that I want in a, like a lawn mowing beer or a hot, mm-hmm. a hot outside beer kind of thing. And then last, we got some spaghetti and, and homemade meatballs. To kind of go with this, which I think kind of I think some of the acidity of the tomato is going to go well with these this beer and and all that. So you got some Parmesan cheese on there too. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> you know it'd be kind of weird. At least for me, it'd be kind of weird to go to the Italian restaurant and order a beer <laughs> well. with my meal. But I still think it'd be something that would go quite well. I don't know why not. Well, I mean. It's just not it's Italian. the normal thing. <laughs> it's Italian drink. food. So, I mean, it's just, in my head, it's like, well, I should have be drinking some Italian wine. Exactly. <laughs> or an Italian beer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Peroni. Yeah. <laughs> They're not. But. Well, it's a good beer. It's a good beer. It's light. Well, let's see here. Go straight for the meatball. Hmm. The spaghetti. The spaghetti. <laughs> <Pascetti. laughs> what is it? The spaghetti isn't real heavily tomato sauce. Mm-mm. So there's not a whole lot going on with the spaghetti other than the pasta. And it does well with this beer. So I don't know. You know, if, if you went to an Italian restaurant and they had spaghetti and they, they had this beer on the menu, hey, why not? Yeah, I should try it with the meatball too. All it right. goes really well with the meatball. You said it's homemade. Tell us more about it. So it's just a mixture of pork and beef meatball with breadcrumbs, egg, 
Uh-huh. Onion, basil, yeah, parmesan, and then cooked in a pan, fried in a pan. Yeah. A little bit of extra salt on top. It's tasting good. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us more about dogfish. Well, they don't have a whole lot about themselves that I could find online. I mean, they've been around for a while. They really pumped really hard with those the 90-minute IPA, which is continually hop for 90 minutes. Yeah. So it's not just we hop it and then we let it boil. We keep putting hops in, and it's one of those things that just, you know, as it made, it made them as a brewery. Mm-hmm. Because it is so, mm-hmm. it was so unapologetic, and that was this was they did this back before the big hop rush, or you know when everybody started doing hop, and IPK, IPAs became really popular. They they were doing this long before, long before that, and just were like, forget you guys, this is what we want to make, so we are actually going to go ahead and make it you know they also are big into giving back to the land and giving back to their communities you know they've set up a bunch of stuff to make sure that you know what they're doing isn't really harmful to nature they do stuff with like their local nature conservancy being up there and kind of being out of the way a little bit they want to make sure that they're doing right by right by the environment because you know you like you like we've said before, to make good beer, you gotta have good water. You gotta have good yeah, gotta have good grains. So can't uh, can't take it away. But you know, looking if you kind of go through and look at their beers, they do a whole lot of big hoppy beers. Well, that's 120 minute IPA. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they call it the Holy Grail. Uh huh, and I mean, cause I mean, it is. It takes a long time to make. It takes a lot to make, and it's fifteen to twenty percent ABV. I I just noticed that. I never knew it. It is a big, big IPA, and I mean, the sixty minute, the ninety minute. They've got a hazy IPA now. They've got a, they call it a liquid truth serum, uh. IPA. And the other ones they do are kind of, you know, sours or seasonals, mm-hmm. which is, which I think is pretty cool. And they do, you know, they do a stout, a stout and they do a barrel aged stout as well. But they're, uh, you know, they're still a certified independent craft brew, craft brewery. So they're still small, doing all the good stuff that they need to do to make that good beer. And I'm sure, you know, if I went and searched, I'm sure they've won plenty of awards, but, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of like they don't flash those awards around very much. They focus on their beer and their products and just let it speak for them. Let it speak for itself saying, look at what we've got. I, I, I love this beer. I think it's a, a fantastic sour. It, it really got, it really was the beer that got me into South. Oh, okay. And started being more exploratory into like non wild, super wild sours. Right. But I think it's I, th- I think it's really good. It's one of the it's one of the few dogfish head beers that I drink because okay. you know they do. Yeah, you don't like the IPA. Most yeah, most of the stuff around here we get from them is is their IPAs or we get this. I think it's really good. So that meatball went really well. Yeah, 
That's that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, that meatball is going to be super good with this beer. It it again seemed to pull out some flavors that you hadn't noticed before. Mm-hmm. So the meatball didn't really have pepper in it. Mm-mm. But I seemed to have gotten some some pepper notes with the beer when I had the meatball. Now that spicy sausage might have been entering into the conclusion there. Maybe. So I just tried the goat cheese with this because it was one of the pairings that they said to well, it would go really well. And the goat cheese just cuts that sourness out. Yeah. And it tastes like Kolsch. Oh, really? Yeah. So <laughs> That's interesting. It's interesting how, you know, they, they, they kind of blended the three styles and kind of depending on what you eat, you get mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. styles in the beer. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to ask me before we head toward your blind? Well, before we do that, let's talk about uh, the oh, best, our favorites. That's best right. on the plate. So what was your favorite on your plate? Man, I'm struggling with that one, Josh. I think the blackberries, it's really between the blackberries and, and the goat cheese. Okay. So the blackberries really didn't give you any different taste. So the blackberries was just a, you know, a common, common, same, same. So I'm going to say the goat cheese because the goat cheese, like you said, pulled out different flavors. What little sour this rogue marinberry has just went away with that goat cheese. Yeah, that was my favorite as well. For a lot of the same reasons, you know, I think both of those kind of, they played really, really well together and kind of transformed both of them into something. But I agree with you. It was very interesting to eat a blackberry and then have this marionberry, you know, blackberry, blackberry um, clone or varietal mm-hmm. side by side, which was, I think I thought that was really cool to, to experience. But just like if I could only eat one of them, it would be the goat cheese. Yeah. I mean, partially just because I love goat cheese, but also just because of what it did with beer. I was disappointed with the blood oranges. Because I thought they would contribute some special flavor. You know, I think because, it, it, like you said, it is blood orange season, and we are in the middle of blood orange seasons. These ones are really ripe, mm-hmm. and so they're going to be a little bit more fru- uh, sweet. Well, inherently and the, sweet. And the way I did it was that water and sugar combination. Right. And, to put, and then to put the blood orange with it and a little bit of uh, chocolate note. Right. It, it just... You know, it didn't, it didn't really, it didn't do as much with that beer right. as I was hoping. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, like, what a grapefruit would do with it. Mm, grapefruit sour. That sour and sweet oh, that would have, from the grapefruit. Prob- that would probably pull out a lot of the sour that we didn't notice in this rogue beer. Yeah, that would the be. The Marinberry. I think that'd be interesting. It'd be it an interesting be. pairing to do. What about on my plate? That's a tough decision. I'm glad you got duck. I thought the duck was really good with your beer, but it didn't do as much for the beer as I thought the sausage did. Mm. Again, the homemade meatballs, lights out too, but that so- that sausage had so much going on that all those different flavors that the sausage had pulled out flavors and made and and combinations that you didn't have with that beer alone. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The Toulouse sausage was really good. And the meatballs were, were really good as well. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like you. 
I'm going to give it to the, to the Toulouse sausage. Now, maybe, you know, if the, you know, meatball and spaghetti were together, I don't know. I just, I think some of the best that, like you said, all the stuff that's going on, the wine, the garlic, the herbs, the pepper that's going on in that, in that sausage go really, really well with this beer. But and it kind of makes you said, sense. You said you had the goat cheese with this beer. Mm-hmm. That, and what'd you say about that? So I thought it was really good, but it just, it took like the sour and the sour just kind of canceled each other out. So uh-huh. it kind of made it like a, more of a, just a wheat, yeah. like a light wheat style beer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which was good. Right. But I would rather, I still want that little, if I'm going to drink a sour beer, I want to, I want to have that tartness mm-hmm. right in there. So, well, all right. So uh, are you ready? To yeah. be blinded on All right, beer. get the blind ready. We'll see what happens. All right. All right, here we go with the blind, Dad. So tell them, uh, what's the tasting sheet that you're using? A deductive beer tasting method, tasting grid. I go down the grid and see if I can figure it out. So this beer is clear. I can see through it. I'm sure I could read through it. Looks kind of like a, almost like a Bud Light or something. Like I said, Clarity is is just brilliant. Clear. Sediment. There's no sediment. White foamy head. Not much head. Uh, did you pour it down the middle or out down the side? I poured it down the side like you taught me. Yeah. So, aroma. Man, I don't... Very little aroma. Just a little sweetness. Hmm. No nuts. No floral. No herb. Don't smell any spice. Don't smell any earth. Not a sour. I'm going to go for a taste here. Still smelling. Pretty sweet. No bittering. Low acidity. Like I said, low bitter. I don't get any salt on it. Where's that little tasting thorough we had a minute ago? (laughs) I don't get any fruit from it either. No. Sort of warm. It's sort of cold, so that may hold the aromas back. Swirling a little bit. Very light. The mouthfeel. Finishes short. Alcohol. It's not high alcohol because I, I don't smell it, don't perceive it. Of course, you know that rogue was six and a half, and you hurt. You don't really <laughs> perceive it there either. <laughs> right. Alcohol presence. I just don't see any or taste anything. Yeah. All right. Narrowing it down. Well, is it an IPA? Hmm? Is it an IPA? No. Okay. Is it a stout? No. Is it a porter? No. This is like a Bud Light killer. Okay. I say killer. I mean, it's not Bud Light, but I think it's so light of a now this is your lawnmower drinking beer okay you come in it after the hot day of the lawn mowing or whatever you're doing out there and you can slam that several of these i think so you're really tasting much to it Mm-mm. as we there's a there's a wine that when we blind it we call it cold wet and alcoholic that's about all this is. <laughs> and I'm not sure about how much alcohol. <laughs> right. So, 
So it's, so if you're saying so, it's a Bud Light, so Bud Light is what an American American wheat? Mm-hmm. No, American American um, light pilsner. They right? they use adjuncts. Bud Light uses adjuncts. They use rice, and this has that similar uh, taste going on. Okay. Um, Lost Forty makes one called Second Rodeo. Do you, do you think that's it? I think that's what it is. Okay. I'm going to go with that. It's uh, very little bittering, so the hops are just low. Yep. Very light on the palate, very light on the nose. If you had to guess, if you had to guess at the alcohol content, what would you, what would you say? Less than six. Okay. I don't think it's as, you know, the surprising thing is your sour was four. Mm-hmm. That's, that was hard to believe, but. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the uh, second rodeo. Just for what it's worth. All right. Lost 40's second rodeo American style light pilsner. I think mm-hmm. it's the style if we're going to talk about a style on it. All right. And yeah, so you're going to come back next week to figure out what that beer was that my dad just tasted. And next that week. was right or wrong. Or what? Place your bets. <laughs> <laughs> and next week's going to be a liquor week. And we're going to be doing Irish whiskey. That's right. Uh, we're going to be focusing on Irish whiskey next week. So, Dad, what, what are you doing? I'm doing John Powers. We, we had a blind where we talked about that one, but I think I'm going to do that one. It's one of my favorites. Okay, cool. And Good Irish. Yeah, and I'm going to be doing the Sexton Irish whiskey. Oh, okay. I've not had that one. Yeah, I've had it once, and it was really good. It comes in a, like a hexagonal or octagonal bottle. Oh, really? Uh, so, hmm. yeah, it's pretty Interesting. cool. But it's a, it's a good little Irish whiskey out there. So come on back next week and figure out, you can figure out what Dad just blinded and hear a little bit more about some Irish whiskey. And thanks again for following us, uh, listening to us, checking us out, reaching out to us. Um, you know, remember to you know follow us on Instagram. Uh, give us a like or a follow on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, give us a shout out. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Facebook, even though we are most active on Instagram. And we we thank you guys for joining us on another episode of Acquired Tastings. I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. We'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.